Hey y'all, quick note. While My Hero Academia was created for kids, this podcast is not safe for work or children. All trigger warnings and spoilers for each episode can be found at our website, myheroanalysis.com. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, this is My Hero Analysis, a podcast about My Hero Academia, aka Boku no Hero Academia. We are three grown adults who mine Japanese children's cartoons for serotonin because God knows our brains aren't making it naturally. Nope, they are not. Not since we were like 10. Yep, that's about right. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) So my name is Wyatt, and this week we're doing things a little differently because we realized we hadn't introduced our pets yet, and I'm pretty sure they've come up like three or four times already, so Mm -hmm. we might as well formally introduce them. Um, So I have a kitty cat. Her name is Lucifer. She's about uh, eight and a half years old, I think. And she is a very, very sweet and good kitty, um, but she also is very deserving of her name because sometimes she is a pain in my ass. Like when she figures out that her, oh God, something is wrong with me, meow, will bring me running every time. And now she just does it for attention (laughs) 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 because she is terrible. And I still have to check on her every single time she does the meow because she has IBS and she could be throwing up. (laughs) I love that you have I a cat it. with IBS. Like, I love her she has so kitty much. IBS. <laughs> I did not choose that for her. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Nicole and I have two pets. I have a black lab named Pickles. She is somewhere in her teens. I want to say like around 14. And she's a very good girl. But when you like first meet her or see pictures of her, it does look like she is judging you, and she is. She is judging you. She's such a good girl. She's so old. She has a spooky face. Yeah, she got the spooky muzzle. Yeah. Adorable. Yeah. And she's then perfect. I, she is. She's a good girl. She's right now trying to take a nap next to me. Um, I also have a cat named Fork. He's just <laughs> over a year old. I got him, like, right around the time we all started quarantining last year. And he is a big, floofy boy, and right now he is attempting to cause chaos on my craft table, sir. So both of them are, like, really channeling their full energy right now. Yeah, big time. (laughs) It's fine. They just feel like that. And now he's he's under the desk. Sir. (laughs) Uh, well, I'm Maria, and I have an old distinguished lab pit mix his name is spartan um he likes to sleep and he likes pets and then he doesn't leave me alone when i walk through the door and i'm just like i just need a moment alone but he doesn't understand and very cuddly boy he is very cuddly and sometimes i wish he was just a little less cuddly (laughs) (laughs) so whenever someone comes over i'm just like yes take him take him leave me alone (laughs) Give him all the cuddles. Give I me a break. Him. I think we need to schedule a cuddling session, him and me. Oh, I would absolutely love that because that would give me some free time. <laughs> Just drop him off at my place for daycare. Lucifer Pretty would much. kill him, but I would be happy. <laughs> I mean, he he was the only dog that she kind of sort of got along with. Sort of. <laughs> Just for the listeners, Maria and I used to live together. Um, Lucifer is great with people. She doesn't like other animals. And 
it took quite a while for her to warm up to Spartan (laughs) long enough for them to be in the same room together. And honestly, the fact that she even got to that point is pretty remarkable. She really doesn't like other animals. She really doesn't. It was pretty funny, but... Uh, but Spartan is a mind your own business. Like he loves other people, other animals. He's really, really gentle. So he's like, you mind your business. I mind mine. If you want to play with me, I'll play with you. If you don't, we we cool. We chill. And he's like 13, 14, 15. I'm not quite even sure anymore. Time doesn't exist. He's an old man, though. He old man's. All right. Well, now that we've gotten those introductions out of the way, those very important introductions, um, we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. This week, we're covering episode four of the anime. Uh, This episode is called Startline, and the accompanying manga chapters are the second half of chapter three and all of chapter four. Uh, So to just leap right into it, the episode opens with some background information about UA's practical exam. Um, it's supposedly the most exciting and difficult. Yeah. And in the dub, Izuku is basically narrating how it all takes place on the hallowed grounds of UA. <laughs> so he's like literally religiously worshiping this high school. Sir, calm down. Yeah, he's really out here with the worship mindset. I I mean, he did it with All Might. Now he's doing it with UA. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so several extremely ex- uh, successful pro heroes went there, including All Might, which probably explains his obsession. Oh, yeah, definitely does explain mm-hmm. it. Um, We do also see a few other pro heroes right here. They were actually... Uh, mentioned in previous manga chapters but this is the first time we're actually seeing them animated and Mm -hmm. these are endeavor um and best genist yes i call him bj yes you do (laughs) i mean he kind of deserves it he's kind of uncool he's he's (laughs) himself yeah Yeah. i I actually really like best genist endeavor on the other hand we Oh, th- this is an Endeavor hate podcast. <laughs> Make no mistake. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. As he deserves. Yeah. Um, yeah. The anime, um, the subs, mentioned kind of separately that All Might turned down some kind of award, um, which I guess is just, they just threw in just to really reinforce that All Might is, you know, he's in this to help the people. He's not in this for glorification. Uh, but that wasn't in the dub, right? Yeah, that was not even mentioned in the dub. So that might be like the very first departure between the two. But even still, it's not even um, like affecting the plot at all. Yeah, it's just like, one are we tiny... surprised? No, no, <laughs> no, we're not surprised. Um, so basically, all of this information really reinforces in the audience's mind that UA is the hero school to get into, um, according to Izuku slash Horikoshi. Yeah, so. In the anime, there is like a scene where all the kids are just like walking into UA. Mm-hmm. I did actually pause the frame and take like an absurd amount of time examining each of the teenagers <laughs> to see if we recognized anybody from later arcs. I love you. But no, there was nobody there. It was a total waste of time. <laughs> um, there was one dude, though, I do want to point out. He wasn't wearing a shirt. 
and he did have a <laughs> shaved head. So from behind, I could have sworn it was our sweet himbo son Tanaka from Haikyuu, which is a whole other show that we all love. Um, Wyatt is currently making their way through yeah like the third or fourth season i'm personally waiting for the dubs because subtitles are hard um but yeah, yeah. that show is currently so. ruining my life i'm on season three i've been loved i have loved the show since like i was a teenager and i love the captains this is so the I bedrock often- of our friendship it's just getting into anime and then crying about it to each other yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then getting mad that we introduce each other to the various shows, including My Hero Academia. So mm-hmm. here we are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Yeah. Talk Absolutely. about life ruining. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's not like y'all didn't want to get to adopt a bunch of children, but I digress. <laughs> so I also didn't recognize anyone from the shot. And I, I think this was meant to kind of like reinforce the idea that not everyone gets in. Um, especially because it's such a prestigious school. Ooh, I actually said that right. I was proud of myself. It's very um, nice. Very smooth. But yeah, so I didn't recognize anyone. And and then when I saw Nicole's Tanaka, I was just like, oh my God, that is Tanaka. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, <laughs> it looks exactly like him. <laughs> I wonder if they just like, you know, just borrowed a character just for a minute, just for a second. Anime does tend to do that. Um, I know there, there is one. Uh, there's a few characters from Fairy Tales that I that have been mentioned in My Hero. Mm-hmm. And, Ooh, you'll uh, have to bring those up when it happens. Yeah, it's further down the line. Um, I think season three or four, somewhere down there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, we can put a pin in it and just you know we'll bring it back up again when it becomes relevant. Yeah. But yeah. So there's a lot of uh, surprise guests that are here <laughs> in anime. That is pretty fun. So yeah, back to Maria's point that not everyone gets in. Um, so the statistic given in this episode is that less than one in 300 students get in. An earlier statistic that was given in episode one was one in 500, which doesn't really seem like a big difference. But if we're assuming that the class sizes themselves don't change, then that would reflect pretty large changes in the overall number of applicants. Um, I was wondering if one in 500 is like an overall like average statistic and one in 300 is just this year's statistic. And if that's the case, does application volume naturally fluctuate like that from year to year? And this is just, you know, a low turnout year. Or could this potentially be a sign of UAs and heroes in general decreasing popularity with the public? Um, corresponding to like general dissatisfaction, which we don't really get into in these episodes, but definitely comes up more and more as the narrative continues and definitely makes this scene right here where we're laying out all the groundwork that UA is like the best school in the world and super awesome and everyone wants to go there. Like this scene is very, very important for what gets set up later on. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even pick up on that. And if that is the case, then that tiny little mathematical difference. Um, <laughs> the the molehill that I turned into a mountain, yeah. Yeah, no, but if if it is true, it's a very good point and very like well hidden. So we'll have to see if it pans out. Yeah, this or kind of she's listening to me and going, no, I just forgot the number. That's very true. That is very true. Yeah, this kind of just reminds me of like the U.S. and their college 
college stuff because um, mm-hmm. a lot of Ivy League schools have thousands of pounds, thousands of applicants, and they only take on a small amount. So that just kind of is what it reminds me of a little bit. And I do think that that fluctuates, like the amount of applicants per year does fluctuate with them. So it could yeah. be possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could be absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the that's the point here. We are analyzing everything, even if it means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we also, I also don't know how the recommendation kids are factored into that statistic, if at all. But I think that comes up in manga chapter 11. So whatever episode that happens to be, I guess we'll bring that up more then. Okay. Sounds good. So getting back to the episode itself and away from my whatever the hell that was. Um, so they're all queued up um, in front of the grounds that they'll be using for their practical exam. Um, we do finally get our shot of Shoji and Aoyama. And then Izuku notices uh, Ochako and he wants to walk in her direction to thank her for saving him earlier um, when she prevented him from tripping and falling flat on his face because mm-hmm. he's a good boy. But then my son, Ida, stops him and is like, excuse you. Don't bother her before the exam. And I, I don't know. I kind of appreciated that. Like, he's got a point. Like, it's exam time. And Izuku, he's, like, all stiff from nerves. And his face looks kind of strange. And he's moving very weirdly. So he looks a little bit sus. So if I was Ida, I'd be on guard, too. Yeah. Yeah, he looks sus. But also he looks constipated more than anything <laughs> else. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you... Yeah, I can see it. I can see yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Go go back and watch it. He he does look constipated. Um, but back to Ida kind of stepping in there. He is being rude, but also he is right. And this becomes his signature for the rest of the show. Rude and right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the things I noticed that uh Izuku is called um Ochako is person, because he's such a good being. And Ida is hashtag rude. <laughs> I'll forgive him this once. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I wonder if, like, because of you know, quirk society and a lot of people's quirks affect the way they look. If like society has finally learned not to automatically assume gender mm-hmm. via your presentation, and the answer is no. But also, like, you can imagine. Yeah, maybe the <laughs> yeah. younger generation coming up is, but the older generation not yet in the universe. Yeah, so speaking of snap judgments, haha, um, the other <laughs> students in the group have basically already written Izuku off, um, that he's not serious composition, competition, uh, both mm-hmm. because he had that clumsy moment that Ochako saved him from, and also when Ida is confronting him in this scene, he's very timid, and he backs off and makes himself smaller, like his body mm-hmm. language isn't very assertive. Um we are getting all of this from Izuku's point of view, and I do occasionally wonder how reliable of a narrator he is. Like, you know, are all these kids genuinely being assholes and constantly judging him, which is entirely possible? Or mm-hmm. is that just how he's projecting his insecurity onto the world because of past trauma slash low self-esteem? Is it anxiety or is it a manga trope? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I agree. They shouldn't have been focusing on others' issues, especially because it's like a huge test coming up. Right. But I do have to say, this was all said with an earshot of Aoyama, Mm. who is definitely part of the Deku fan club. And I'm sure like at some point, some point in the future, they might have talked about it Mm. because they become really good friends. But 
we'll get to that. Also, I think this is the beginning of our Lord and Savior's Aoyama's creepy stare at the viewer. Uh, (laughs) His beautiful fourth wall breaking stare that does actually play into future theories, by the way. So stay tuned. love it it's so mm-hmm. creepy and i just and he just stares straight into my soul and i just <laughs> I love it. okay so getting back to the episode um so there's no countdown to the exam starting present mike just shows up on top of this tower and is like okay go <laughs> no warning at all just dive right. right in i did notice that present mike is definitely like acting more like a DJ at this point. Like, um, it's very performative. And mm-hmm. I was just wondering how much that persona is actually for the benefit of the kids who aren't going to get to know him. Like, he's striking an interesting balance here compared to later episodes. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe. Or it just, it might be just his hero persona. Mm-hmm. Um, the one the public sees often. Because a lot of these kids won't be won't actually get to see his like his true personality and i think maybe his true personality is much at at a smaller scale than he's portrayed as as a hero like he's still probably very like out there and like (laughs) exuberant (laughs) but maybe not as exuberant as he is during these times where he actually has to interact with the public okay yeah i can see that it could also be like an advertising thing like if he's an alumnus mm. and he's a famous one, then he's gonna he's gonna advertise himself as much as possible for the benefit of the school. Yeah, he's playing himself up, which also probably doesn't hurt like his hero ranking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything's for the capitalism. I wonder where he is in the hero rankings. That is a good question. He's not near the top. Or Definitely not. Is he even an active hero right now? That's a really good point. I don't know because. If you think about what he's doing, even in the spinoff Vigilantes, which takes place a few years before this. Yeah. It's not it's not even really clear how much professional hero work he's doing that is actually mission based. So that's an interesting point. We don't even know what he's doing at this moment other than having a radio show. And being a teacher. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Never thought of that. Wow, we got way off base. (laughs) Yeah, but it's present Mike. We have to talk about him whenever he comes up. He's a perfect man. He He is. is. Oh, God, he's one of my favorites. I love him so much. But anyway, (laughs) back to the original point. So (laughs) present present Mike shows up and he's like, okay, go. And this throws Izuku off even more because I guess he was like prepping for a countdown. Mm -hmm. Um, And so everyone takes off and Izuku um, isn't as quick. And so he's trailing behind. And he starts worrying that he's already falling behind, both literally and figuratively. Um, but he does comfort himself with the phrase, All Might is with me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is the line in the sub. The line in the dub is just a little different. It's, I've got All Might's power in me. So again, it's not very consequential to the plot, but it is definitely different. Mm-hmm. And we have to wonder if it's for the benefit of cultural differences between like the languages, or if they're just trying to match this the speech patterns to of Japanese to the mouth movements mm. so it, it's like not too mm. off and distracting for the audience um that's like, a good point I didn't even think of how they have to match that up yeah because um Wyatt prefers to watch the subs because the mouth can get so off when it's just English coming out yeah it's kind of distracting also yeah, like for- I have to have the subtitles on either way so right like, right yeah and, 
And for me personally, I don't mind the mouth being off, I think, because I got used to it with older shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just interesting if that it, which way they're going. And we will never know. And it doesn't actually matter. We're just analyzing every single thing. That we can. <laughs> um, anyway, that's a really good point, though. Yeah, that's what we do on this show. Yeah, <laughs> make good points all the time. No bad. <laughs> Only points. good points. Yeah. Only good ones. <laughs> all right, and then my next um, observation in this little scene is that he's wearing a, or Izuku is wearing a very adorable little sweatsuit. He's Aww. just very cute. Yeah, he wore it with his father. <laughs> you know, not that he doesn't have All Might's powers or anything, but that's 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 his other power. His comfort sweatsuit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Um, so as Izuku is running into the um arena, um, we get a flashback to the beach scene where Izuku is swallowing All Might's hair. All Might then discloses that Izuku still won't be able to access the power for several hours because of digestion. And like when we first saw this scene, I was a little confused because I think in my head I was imagining like a CRISPR situation where like Izuku's DNA is being like directly edited. But Maria, I think the perspective or the various perspectives that you came up with make a lot more sense given the context. Uh, So they are going to take it away and give us a beautiful science lecture. So I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this at some point. So I'm actually a scientist. So when this came up and then why it brought it up, I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to go into the science of this. Do it. Okay. So uh, we're going to start with digestion and the uptake of nutrients uh, into the body. It's directly correlated with blood transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take a uh, medicine, for example. And- so in this case, we're treating one for all kind of like, um, like medicine. Yes. Um, There's two main types of medicine, um, liquid and solid. Mm -hmm. So the liquid tends to be more effective than the solid. Uh, This is because there's less molecules to break down the uh, so the body can process them quicker. Uh, All my hair is a solid. So the molecules still have to be broken down before it's able to even get into the bloodstream. So, and not only that, the hair kind of has acts like a protector for the DNA. So once it gets into the bloodstream, it still will take some time to get into the heart and then get processed through the body. So now let's take into consideration the individual cells of the body. So once the uh, medicine gets into the body, they still have to take up the nutrients and or molecules and each cell has to process it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could take up to another hour. Okay. Um, so in essence, I can see why uh, it wouldn't work immediately just going by this. Also, so Horikoshi's timing is correct? Yeah. Um, so it could take, I, would, I could see it taking up to three hours because the body does have to go through several different processes. Like in general, it happens pretty quickly but if you take into consideration the different parts of it, um, it does will take like up to a couple of hours. Okay. Um, so there are also two different types of blood cells, red and white blood cells. So the red blood cells are the ones that carry all these nutrients. And so there's also the white blood cells. So they actually tend to mutate within the body and they will take on 
different forms to either fight infection or they will also uptake things that will help the body be stronger and that they deem helpful to the body. It's so we as humans and animals and whatever, uh, we have um, a better resistance to fight off infections or mu- mu- it's it could even mutate to make the body stronger. So given that All Might's power is going to make the body stronger, that could also be a possibility. So the white blood cells would be like, yes, give it to me. Pretty much. They're like, yes, <laughs> we're going to be super white, super white blood cells. And another factor that was mentioned was the willingness to uh, give powers to another. So they have, you have to be willing and you have to want to give your powers to someone else. Right. Um, yeah. It's a big factor. I feel like, yeah, it's such a big factor. And I think this might have something to do with like a s- sort of chemical or stress related like activator in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so certain m- hormones can uh, activate different aspects of your body, like happiness, serotonin. The serotonin thing we don't or, have, yeah. 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 <laughs> the one thing we don't have. have. Um, this is a mechanism that some bacteria uh, have in times of stress or in times of perfect conditions. There is a bacteria that can actually form a spore, which will kind of make it go, become a zombie of sorts uh, when it's super stressed out and doesn't have enough nutrients. And then after it's in like the perfect conditions, it will activate again and alive itself and start to process uh, (laughs) normally. I mean, you could talk about how uh, stress can negatively uh, affect you. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, one of the things you can notice is like your stomach gets tighter. You can't eat properly. One of the things I notice is that my nails will start to not be as strong, like hair will fall out. So that's a negative activator. And that kind of helps, that becomes like a protection hormone almost. Like I said, uh, different hormones can activate different parts of the body. Um, so, or like uh, there are certain activators that like in perfect conditions will be released. So that could also be a part of what happened with that to make sure that Izuku got the power. So... If I'm understanding correctly, say somebody was being forced to be given one for all, one for all, like wouldn't absorb because like stress hormones would prevent that from happening. Theoretically, it would cause the power almost to like condense itself and be like, no, mine. Okay, cool. Uh, that makes sense. Where, yeah. Whereas uh, if it was the perfect conditions, um, you wouldn't have that like reaction to like protect it. You'd want to give it. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I think that means that makes way more sense than what I was imagining, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so All Might also mentions, going back to the scene, All Might also says that there will be repercussions to using one for all because Izuku had to build up his body in a very short period of time, um, but he doesn't really go into detail about that yet. Yeah, he literally says in the dub, at least, that there's no time for fine details. And I was (laughs) like, "Uh, sir, that is your job as his sensei. He needs details for this incredible power you've just bestowed upon him. (laughs) But no, we're we're just going to go off and have breakfast. Like, sir, come on. You know, he had to do all the training. He didn't have time. He just conveniently forgot. Over 10 months, he's forgotten <laughs> this one fact to get these little tiny facts that Izuku needs. But no, no, it's fine. 
It's well, not, we have just to gonna... build up the suspense. Give me details, all might. <laughs> <laughs> I did also. Um, I did also like the little phrase that all might tells him to yell whenever he's about to use one for all. Um, in the subs, it's phrased as "squeeze your buttocks and yell," and then it gets cut off. Yeah, yeah, that's the one detail he gives. And in the dub, <laughs> he, in the dub, he says, "Clench your butt cheeks," which I found personally both better and worse than "squeeze your butt cheeks." <laughs> and right now, as we like cut back from that flashback to the present scene, we get a lovely little random crescendo of banjo music which was so out of left field. I really appreciated it. It's like a really good build up to where we're going. Yeah, definitely <laughs> contributes to the uh, feeling of chaos. Yes, exactly. So we cut back to the exam. Izuku comes face to face with one of the fighting robots and totally freezes up. Poor baby. Uh, but he is saved by a weird dude who randomly peppers some French into his disparaging comments and shoots laters out of his torso. This is the same guy who was staring at the camera earlier. This is Aoyama. He's very strange. We love him more than life himself. Life yep. itself. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this is Cheese Boy himself. Listeners who have already consumed all of the media and are like listening back to these old episodes will know that he is the Cheese Boy. And... <laughs> Folks who haven't gotten there yet are probably very confused as to why we call him Cheese Boy, but just look forward to it in season four. There is a very wonderful arc coming your way. It's delightful. The cheese, the cheese, my lactose intolerance could never. <laughs> <laughs> I love our strange boy. Oh, uh, he's the best. All right. I wonder if that's why his stomach hurts all the time. It's because he's eating oh. cheese. <laughs> he's lactose intolerant. Oh it's not actually the laser. It's dairy. <laughs> that would make so much sense. Because every lactose intolerant person is like, yeah, I, I'm lactose intolerant, but it's worth it. <laughs> I do the same thing. Do you think whenever he gets, like, lactose farts, like, every time he farts, a little laser shoots out? <laughs> oh, my God! Okay. I'm sorry, okay. that was a golf word. We gotta get no, back to this. No, 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 no. This is beautiful. We need to do a bonus episode on how Aoyama's cork might just be super-powered lactose intolerance. We gotta do it. <laughs> okay. Okay, back back to Izuku, who is who's really not having a good time right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> back to Izuku, who is just staring up at these deadly fighting robots. Um, and in the dub, he says, "Why won't my feet move? Holy crap! I'm gonna die." On one level, these are completely well-founded theatrics, just to contribute more to the chaos of the scene. But this is also a very nice display of the third adrenaline response which is the better known fight or flight, there's also the response called freeze. And essentially it's exactly like it is. You just freeze there and you don't know what to do. And no one is able to actually predict how they'll react in a high pressure situation where your adrenaline starts pumping. Yeah. Even if you've been in one before, you could react mm -hmm. differently next time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is. it was interesting to me at least that he fights for Katsuki and then he essentially froze for himself 
Like he's got two very different <sighs> responses going on depending on the situation. And it's just very self-sacrificing. And also it's pretty well displaying his unrequited buried feelings for Kotsky. Oh, one honey. word. One word. Therapy. <laughs> True. That too. True. That too. Yes. Everyone needs therapy. Okay. So this is all definitely interesting, like in that moment. And then we're going to like flip back to Aoyama in that moment. Like there's mm-hmm. all this stuff going on with his fight, flight, freeze responses. And then Aoyama's just over here kind of being a French rude guy. <laughs> um, but it's very interesting that the relationship between Izuku and Aoyama is seeded so early, but then it like drops off almost. Mm between this episode and then like season four they don't really interact so i just found it really interesting that horikoshi took the time to have this pretty basic interaction and then kind of pull back entirely so this interaction is something that listeners are going to want to keep in mind as part of the red thread portion of the podcast let's say and we will get into it at the end of this episode as well as at the end of this season Okay, I'm going to pause real quick. I really fucking need to blow my nose. Okay, so let's jump back into it. So everyone's fighting. Um, Izuku's time is swiftly running out. He's running through the fighting grounds, trying to find a robot to defeat so he can earn points. Uh, But since he fell behind the crowd pretty early on, pretty much all of them have been taken care of, and he hasn't earned a single point yet. Yep, and the banjo music that has been playing like this whole time now morphs into a more manic electric guitar sound Mm. and it definitely sets that desperate mood yeah poor boy doesn't know what to do although the music is top tier yep i love it every single uh musical accompaniment choice choice, yeah is like (laughs) perfect yeah they do really Mm -hmm. good with that so even as this is happening izuku spots uh ochako And we got a demonstration of her flotation powers. She's earned 28 points so far. Ida has earned 45. And all the other competitors also start sounding off with their point numbers. Also of note, they are fighting fighting each other over who gets to face down which robot, um, which definitely mirrors the scene in episode one where the pro heroes had to fight over a real-life villain. Yep. Yep, there's definitely that aspect of the capitalistic side of the pro hero society coming in in this feeding frenzy. And then mm. we go right back to Izuku and all he can say is, I'm going to fail. And oh. I just feel so bad for him. He's worked so hard. They really out here stressing these students, huh? Mm. And yet students don't have any stress like ever. Yeah. Try as an American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, it's a problem everywhere. Awkward with, well, yeah, but true. But we're going to make it awkward with our completely accurate American observations. Sorry, <laughs> not sorry. All right. So in this scene as well, we have a shot of a kid in black clothes and he has gray, whitish hair. This could be a future character. We don't really meet for a while, but this could be 1B student Kuro Iro. And then we also get a shot of Uraraka, who is actually wearing wristbands of some kind, even mm. though this is just an exam. She doesn't have any formal like costume. But I do wonder if these wristbands are actually for anti-nausea pressure point relief, which she also includes in her later costume iterations. 
So that just shows how seriously Uraraka is taking this exam. Yeah, I actually thought about this a little while ago. A lot of like Asian countries do make like pressure point pads for different parts of the body. So Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, no, I like literally was like looking at this and I was like, huh. And then like my years of (laughs) watching uh, Korean dramas and Japanese anime just like combined into this one (laughs) glorious moment. (laughs) The light bulb went off. Yeah. Yeah. So then cut scene to a kind of viewing room where the judges are watching all the students fight. Uh, There's a ton of screens everywhere. And it reveals that the kids are working with limited information. Uh, They don't know uh, how many robots there are. Also, they're getting tested on a whole range of abilities, even outside the point system. Um, And so we see various shots of the kids demonstrating what they're looking for. So Shoji is demonstrating information gathering abilities. Ida is demonstrating the importance of movement. Aoyama is staying calm, cool, and collected. And then, of course, we get Katsuki and his incredible combat abilities. Um, So kids are being evaluated on far more than just how many robots they're taking down. But they don't know that. And Izuku doesn't know it either. Exactly. Um, And we do get a shot, or in this shot with Katsuki, we see a red utility belt. And this belt is actually directly copied by Izuku later. So he's not (laughs) slick at all. Boy's got a crush. A big one. He just doesn't know it. Yeah, yeah. It's buried down there under all his self-esteem issues. <laughs> anyway, so in the um, viewing room, we do get shots in the anime of pro heroes and teachers, Cementos and Ectoplasm, who we'll formally meet later in the show. And we also see a dude in like the second row of seats who kind of just looks like a duck. But it's not clear who this person is. And we've never... Mm like met him before or yet but i i need to know if ua has a duck teacher it's well, very important to me sorry this just occurred to me mm-hmm. there is snipe right and that weird muzzle thing could possibly look like a bill from a certain angle maybe maybe but it looked like a an actual duck okay like, like a, donald like duck a, was there yeah like a cartoon <laughs> duck exactly like i need to oh, know who this person okay. is yeah, I, yeah, no I didn't notice that. Um, <laughs> Me either. <laughs> but I like how they all looked like super mysterious. <laughs> and like, what are these adults trying to hide? Why are they super mysterious? They're, Who are they? <laughs> they're being mysterious to hide the fact that they're literally just dorky high school teachers. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, also, um, in the voiceover in the viewing box, we get introduced to the voices of Midnight, who is another teacher we'll meet eventually. Yes. And she's also like the only female or woman presenting person in the room, which is as rude. As far as we know. Yeah, as far as we know, exactly. But it's still rude. Yes. Um, we also get one more voice that I didn't quite recognize, like as they push a very important button. I think it might be Snipe, but don't quote me on it. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I definitely wasn't paying attention to the teachers like at all. <laughs> I was paying very close attention. <laughs> well, that's what you're here for. Yeah, it's it's a curse. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to milk it for our benefit. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, one of the teachers presses a button very dramatically, which releases the giant robots that were mentioned in the previous episode that are worth zero points. And the idea behind this is to put the kids under even more pressure because there wasn't enough already. Uh, it definitely <laughs> works. 
this thing is fucking huge. It's bigger than most of the buildings. But I mean, that's kind of the point. It's just supposed to be completely mentally overwhelming so that the teachers see how the students react. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do want to point out that Horikoshi had a very recent interview um, as far as the recording of this episode, where he mentioned in a, like in this interview that the UA robots have tried to perform an uprising Terminator mm. style in the past. And I cannot imagine the carnage that was caused by these zero point robots when Jesus they're literally <laughs> bigger than buildings, just glaring down at all the teachers of UA. I need to see it. I, I do also agree with Izuku, like in the moment, he literally calls it like very extreme and unnecessary. So like, I agree. <laughs> yes, it is unnecessary. But you also, tell him, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I found it wonderful that this high institution of sterling learning is just terrifying students with giant robots. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Again, they're really out here stressing students, huh? Not mm -hmm. like it's any type of foreshadowing or anything of what's to come. No, <laughs> not at all. God, if they're stressed now, just wait. Exactly. Um, and I also love Izuku's poor, stressed-out face. His range of emotions these past couple of episodes have been absolutely beautiful. I live for them. Yeah, the animators have really just gone all out. Mm -hmm. um, so, as I mentioned with these robots, they're trying to see how the students will react. A pretty important line uh, is, how many... How <laughs> <laughs> That was beautiful. Thank you. So a pretty important line in this episode is how people act after they've seen this shows their true nature. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the deadline is only slightly different. It says a person's true character is revealed when it's faced with danger. And I, my observation was like, yeah, kind of, but also not really. Mm -hmm. um, like it's that's a very basic and reductive view of what happens when adrenaline is introduced into a high pressure, high pressure situation. For sure. And in this moment where like all of the students are rightfully running away from the zero point monster or robot, monster robot. <laughs> monster um, robot is, is that's, yeah, that's right. Yep. That's correct. Okay. So as they're running from it, Ida actually passes Izuku and Izuku is just flat on his ass panicking and staring up and Ida does actually just run right past Izuku mm -hmm. without like any sort of hesitation to stop and help him and I think this actually might have contributed to my own personal dismissive attitude towards Ida like I I could have had him or left him honestly this early in the show um but he does redeem himself pretty quickly so if any of yeah, if any listeners are lukewarm on Ida, just keep watching. He's going to grow on you. <laughs> yeah, Ida was fast, and so he could have very well helped. But, mm -hmm. I mean, again, you can't really know how you're going to act with when stressed. So, yep. still very rude, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is his hallmark. Um, so, there are fewer than two minutes left in this exam. Izuku, poor baby, still has zero points. But he's especially concerned that everything All Might gave him and all the effort he put into the last year will be, in his words, wasted. Baby, your anxiety disorder is lying to you. Yeah, it is. That is just the sunk cost fallacy, you poor child. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
And like he says, it'll be wasted. And like, honey, sweetie, baby, coming from my own personal recent therapy journey, you do have (laughs) other options. Nothing is ever wasted. It's going to be okay. There's so many other options. And Mm. like, I'm sure Izuku would have found another way to be a hero. Maybe he would get a mentor or something. I mean, especially now that he has All Might's power. Like, that. That is a huge boost for him. So he would have found other ways. Yeah, his anxiety is definitely... His anxiety and the pressure of the exam are definitely lying to him. Yep. Um. However, Izuku does spot Ochako, who has been trapped under some rubble and is stuck in the path of the giant robot. I'm assuming that at this point, the listen, the watcher is you know, supposed to assume that she's already overextended herself. And that's why she's having trouble, like, floating the debris off of herself, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we also got to remember that these kids were told not to use their quirk when they were younger. Mm-hmm. So they probably don't have, they weren't able to train them um, to their full potential. And so they only used it sporadically, which is not enough time to yeah, build totally. them up. Mm-hmm. And And especially, like, if they have all these side effects, like... It's very hard to push yourself past that point. I mean, for sure. working out. Exactly. Uh, it's hard to push you past the point because like you can work out one day and then you're okay. And then you wake up the next day and you're just like, no, my bones hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bones. Oh, good God. Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, I also definitely did wonder, and I'm sure many people wondered, like, how many people get hurt in these exams? How many people potentially die? It's probably zero because anime magic. Horikoshi, I have many questions. He will never answer you. I know. Yeah. I don't think anybody has died because they do have heroes on standby. But I mean, quite a few probably did have some sort of injury. Yeah. And they've got, you know, they've got contingencies for that and we'll get to that in just a second but anyway izuku sees ochako his savior complex kicks into high gear and he runs right at the robot and we see one for all start to activate it's bright red it's very shiny yep and izuku's heroics heroics excuse me kick in when <laughs> izuku's heroics kick in when others are in danger not himself mm-hmm his unending self-sacrifice is both what we love and what we hate about him. Amen. So it's okay to think about you every once in a while. Please do. We're begging you. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> it's not selfish, we promise. Oh, boy. Um, so as this is happening, a judge mentions that because there's no merit, aka point value, to defeating this giant robot, that opens up an opportunity for the judges to see the students' motivations. I thought this was a really interesting point, and I'm wondering if this is an indication that the school is at least somewhat aware of how commercialized hero society has become and the various ways that they have to try to deal with that in their own way. Because on the one hand, like, there's a need, there's a problem. People who have a lot of power are taking advantage of people who have less power and they're hurting people. And you need to deal with that no matter what. And motivation only matters so much because, you know, nobody's motivations are pure, not even Izuku's. Mm -hmm. And a capable person is a capable person. Um, But on the other hand, you do kind of have to consider people's motivations somewhat because then you end up with people like Endeavor. 
And it just got me thinking about like this constant push and pull between idealism and practicality and all the ways that the school, you know, has to do their best to address that. And I thought this was a really interesting way to bring that up. Um, is it too little too late? Remains to be seen. Mm, yeah, um, that is a wonderful observation. And also, in a year's time in universe, we do get the full brunt of the consequences from mm. this capitalistic side of the pro hero industry and from the hero commission's quote unquote dark side. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if the UA staff are already well aware of what is coming down that pipeline, all of that bullshit, and are just trying to help the new generation be able to overcome what's coming, essentially. Uh, we will see this come to a head most likely in season six. But it is already there for you in the manga. So go read. It's wonderful. You yes. have no excuse. Again, another <laughs> call out to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> All of these are call outs. <laughs> sorry. Um, okay. yeah, no, you have I, an actual life. We understand. Yeah. Yeah. I might get to read. No, I actually have to clean today. Anywho, I agree with, that, <laughs> with everything y'all said. To, um, this is completely agree with this they are probably aware that there is an issue mm -hmm. i just didn't pick up with on it at the beginning so yeah, yeah definitely yeah. something that comes up on a rewatch yeah it's definitely not evident at all when you first watch the show so oh, that's why no. that's why we encourage you to do your own rewatch after you've like caught up on everything you can actually see how everything is developing from these very early episodes, like the storytelling, it has just all been there from the start. Yeah, it's very rewarding again and again. Mm -hmm. um, so at this point, we finally get the full quote that All Might gave to Izuku earlier in the flashback scene. And the full quote is, squeeze your buttocks and yell inside your heart, smash! Mm -hmm. Which... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> What you're supposed to do exactly what he told you and yell inside your heart. I guess so. Um. <laughs> I guess, I guess, you know, looking at it from a different perspective, a lot of the things we do to like overcome anxiety, like power stances and stuff are also kind of silly. So yeah, it feels silly until you actually do it and realize what's so great about it. So for me, God like damn it, that works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, you get so mad when you're recommended a thing and then it works, even though you didn't mm -hmm. think it was going to. You get so mad. So from my perspective, watching the dub, um, again, the dialogue is just a little different. It's clench your butt, clench your butt cheeks. And he does actually yell smash. Um, I was going to make a joke about why everyone is always yelling all the time. And like, can we just be quiet? Um, <laughs> but while I was taking my notes I actually had a recovered memory from when I used to take martial arts when I was like a kid and I wonder and sort of believe that this is really similar to or based off of a facet of martial arts and this is known like across all sorts of different disciplines as ki um, mm -hmm. and this is essentially a yell the yell itself is going to vary across all the different martial arts but it is it's essentially a yell or a shout that is supposed to convey intimidation, confidence, and or your own victory. Oh, huh. mm -hmm. okay. So, so it's it's 
it's coming from the actual world. Like it's not just, we're not just yelling, which I thought was really nice when I made that wonderful little connection. Um, I personally took Okinawan Shotokan for quite a few years and we did actually yell the word kiai in our forms, but you can really yell anything depending on the technique you're learning. And while you're actually doing like the fighting as opposed to like the forms, which you're not actually fighting anyone during, you're just going through the motions and working on your muscles and your stances. Mm -hmm. But when you're fighting, which is what Izuku is doing when he's yelling smash, and I guess what All Might is doing when he's yelling smash, it does actually help because you're tightening your muscles to prevent injuries. And you're Mm -hmm. also smoothing out your breathing techniques. So they're not just yelling. These are actually tried and true methods of (laughs) martial arts and self-defense. So Yeah, to piggy off of that, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I also use it when I'm kickboxing Mm -hmm. well I don't yell it's more of like a deep sigh Mm -hmm. and it helps with keeping the rhythm and it also Mm -hmm. helps you remember to like breathe out because I know sometimes you'll like clench and you'll just like stop breathing yeah you'll hold your breath yep so it's a good way to remember to breathe out and it also it's very effective to release your muscles too yep also in shonen it is very very common to to add special words to attacks. Um, pretty much any shonen I have ever seen, it's been that way. I think the one that most people uh, most people are know about, and it's very, very common to hear, is Kamehameha. Yeah. Thanks, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> that took that. me back to being six years old. Holy yep. shit. Yeah, yeah. 8 a.m., early, early morning cartoons. Yep. And in the afternoons when they put it on after like in the after school program, they would put it on for the little weeblets. Yep. Aww. <laughs> little weeblets. So, yeah, definitely was would... not allowed to be watching that. Definitely did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we would all get into the pose and we know exactly mm-hmm. what pose Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, no, it is very, very common in shonen anime. And so the fact that it was here really didn't surprise me it's just like but it is very funny to hear squeeze your butt <laughs> and yell smash because like, <laughs> oh. that is the humorous part of this because i feel like sometimes kamehameha and a lot of like the yells are so super serious mm-hmm. so the fact that all might uses such humorous words makes me giggle so much <laughs> he's such a goober <laughs> he is such a goober and honestly you know as far as like intimidating yells go smash not bad i mean it gets right yep. to the point you can say it pretty easily mm-hmm. it's yep. not the worst one no yeah all right well that makes sense and so izuku does the thing he squeezes his butt he yells smash and he takes down the giant robot with a single punch uh, just explosions raining all the way down this robot all of the other kids are amazed. Uh, but something is up with Izuku's arm. It don't look right. It's all purple looking. His fingers are all scrunched up. This isn't as bad as what's about to come. But this begins the part where just I'm just constantly screaming, Horikoshi, why? And it continues on for pretty much all of season one and two. I just, the, the limbs thing, they just, they flap around like jello in tube socks. It's, oh God, it's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah. I hate it. 
Yeah, you really do. Because we had to once again, vehemently encourage you to keep watching (laughs) and keep going past the purple limb frames. It does get better. It gets better. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've been screaming this the entire time. (laughs) Entire time. But it really ramps up after this. For sure. Yep. So while he is like with his flapping limbs, also this moment is like- Right now he's still like poised in the air. Yeah. Like this is his first victory and the victory music comes on and it's all sparkly and it's great. And All Might is there- in the viewing room and he's basically saying hell yeah exactly as i expected this to happen oh you know all might is proud of his kid so proud yeah and then basically all might says next in the dub at least nothing is nobler than self-sacrifice um Mm -hmm. i personally have to disagree with that (laughs) but i i do see the societal world building in that phrase so we just have to keep going yeah and so izuku is still paused at like the height of this arc Mm -hmm. and while he's still up there he has a very brief flashback to the katsuki sludge guy incident and izuku mentions that this is kind of similar but also different because now izuku has power and he can actually act upon his desires yep yep and it's a great moment and then homeboy remembers gravity <laughs> you know, gravitational pull is a thing, even in anime. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Only when it's relevant to the plot. <laughs> <laughs> so Izuku starts to fall. He has the idea to do a jump like All Might did in the first couple episodes so that he can like land and kind of um, redistribute the momentum and not land quite as hard. Uh, but this is the part where both his purple arm and both his legs start flapping around because they are broken. They are completely and totally broken. They they sound like fucking pennant flags. It's mm-hmm. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The audio for it is, is a little frightening. I'll give it to you, but... Oh. <laughs> I found it humorous, at least. I guess. Yeah, I noticed that, too. Introducing Izuku Midoriya, the wacky waving tube guy. Like, you know, <laughs> they have uh, outside of car dealerships. That's exact. That's where my mind just immediately went. Yep. Okay, listeners, we're, <laughs> we're taking fan art to display on our website. Please, please. I want, I want our inbox to be flooded with fan art of Izuku the wacky waving tube guy please do this please send them in i will cherish them all um, we need you them just go to our lives. website and you can contact us that way yep yeah we need them send them in i need please. that very much <laughs> um, but anyway <laughs> anyway this is the reveal that just as all might warn izuku's body is just barely able to hold in one for all And it causes his body serious damage to use it, even after that 10-month-long training montage. Um, So this is, I thought it was a really good deviation from, like, the instant expert trope, several other tropes that are kind of similar that Horikoshi kind of just, like, smashes together in order to comment on it. I've included a link to the instant expert TV tropes page on our website. And if you go to that page, you'll find all of the others, um, all of that information's in one place. 
Yeah, this is also called the uh, overpowered main hero trope. Uh, mm. It is very overused. I guess, think Bakugo, but uh, more broody than usual. <laughs> <laughs> Zuka's more of like, he's kind of like a combination of the underdog main uh, character trope. For sure. And this does fit perfectly into the world, but uh, Horikoshi definitely gives it uh, a twist that I very much enjoy because, like, he's mm. uh, Izuku is the underdog, but he's also overpowered, but he also, like, has all these issues he has to work through, and I'm here for it. Yes, totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the way Horikoshi just inverts all the tropes you think are coming are just beautiful. Very good at that. Yep. And also, in this moment, we do have the chalice metaphor. Um, it came in a lot earlier than I had realized. And the chalice metaphor is basically um, how Izuku is essentially holding one for all and all that built up power. It becomes it comes a lot more into play in season two when we reach or rather when we meet a character named Gran Torino. Mm -hmm. And then again, it becomes very important after the war arc. So just kind of keep that little shot of that chalice in your head as you continue your, your watch. Yeah. I can't wait to meet him. He's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's definitely really, really enjoyable. So at this point in the episode, Izuku is still following, still falling, uh, trying to brainstorm ways to survive, but he's coming up blank, poor kid. Um, but just before he hits the ground, once again, he is saved by Ochako. She has floated herself up to meet him. She slaps him in the face so that she can get full contact between him and her hand. And this allows her to float him and kind of arrest his momentum. And then he falls much more gently. Yep. Yep. She essentially saves his life. Yes. Um, yep. And while he's, follow he while he's falling, he's basically, his mind is just rushing through everything that he has done and what he should be doing yeah um he recognizes that he got way ahead of himself in attacking the robot villain <laughs> and this does provide a great counterpoint to his personality of helping others while sacrificing himself without even thinking of it and I, it baby boy is learning like he's Finally. yeah he's actually like internalizing all the advice he's been getting um but he still doesn't think he has enough skill to even be a sidekick but then immediately afterward he kicks himself and like gets back to strategizing and all this happens before he even reaches terminal velocity or even before he gets slapped so dude, <laughs> yeah dude, fast thoughts dude, yeah dude's brain goes fast faster than Ida. yeah Gotta go fast it's that adhd <laughs> but anywho <laughs> uh, i agree izuku is at least learning what he needs to improve on I don't necessarily think that he would ever stop trying to be a hero. Oh, but that's no. just me. Uh, he would probably, there is the possibility he could transfer into the school, which can be done in Japan, even in specialized school. What I, immediately I thought of, I don't know, uh, Food Wars, maybe you've heard of it. Yeah, that? Maybe yeah. You haven't. I've watched that one. <laughs> that one I've watched for whatever goddamn reason. I, 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 I couldn't get through like the first four episodes. I'm That's sorry. That's fair. That's fair. It, re <laughs> it improves fair. remarkably. Season two, three, and four are great. Season one is like, I just, I just couldn't stop. Like talk about <laughs> rubbernecking. Like <laughs> I could. I was like, mm, nah, 
nah, this ain't for me. I was like, what is happening? So strange. I I love it. But anywho, like even in Food Wars, which is like a very prestigious cooking. Academy. Academy. It's still like the fact that he was able to transfer in was remarkable. And that just kind of uh, made me think of UA too. Like how remarkable it would be to be able to transfer into ua and i mean uh th- there's it's probably even a slimmer chance than getting into it in the first place probably um and we find out later on that even if you transfer between classes it's still really really hard mm-hmm. and that's you're already in the schools so yeah it would be interesting to see that That's an interesting point because they definitely bring up like transfer between UA courses is something that we've gotten like in universe confirmation as something that can happen, but they haven't really mentioned at all whether like UA accepts outside transfers. So I wonder if that'll ever come up. I mean, I mean, although considering where the, where the manga is now, I doubt it will, but it might. Well, after where the manga is now, hopefully. <laughs> um, I I did just have, I did just remember one of, there's another character. She is, is actually, I forget what exactly she's called. We'll get to it when we get to more of the other classes at UA. But there is an American transfer to UA. Did they say she was a transfer? Well, they say she's American and she came. I knew she's American Japanese. I didn't know if she was a transfer or not. Yeah, like she went to, she did like all her middle school in America. But I don't know if she was like transferred on recommendation or if she transferred after taking the exam or if it's like part of like an international transfer program where they like they'll send one to america and then they'll send one back to japan that's more that's more of an exchange program than a transfer yeah exchange program exactly yeah Um, she's definitely an exchange student but i don't i don't think she's a transfer yeah no exchange students are more common than even transfers which is yeah but with the even on even in specialty schools like well she still has to take the exam to get in right so uh, all the stuff we don't know. <laughs> we're <so> desperately <laughs> trying to like we're just throwing mud at a wall trying to patch it up. No, there's yeah. actually uh certain schools, certain specialty schools where they have sister schools. So oh. you can transfer between sister schools. I know I know there's a, a couple um they mentioned them a couple in Japan um where they'll have like a sister school like in the US or in the UK. Um, different areas and you can transfer between schools so you take like a year and you transfer from one school to the other and you do the year and then you transfer back um so they'll take like one student from one school and another student from another switch them off and then switch them back again so it is possible that they might have like a sister school in the u.s okay well now i want to see this u.s sister school i need a spinoff I need answers. Yeah, we require I'm gonna have to answers. Start stalking him. Yeah, we require answers, and we also require a cut whenever you do start this spinoff. <laughs> Absolutely, but yeah, no. So it is possible that you can answer me. Uh, UA does have a sister school in the U.S. I mean, also considering the fact that All Might did was in the U.S. for a good portion mm-hmm. of the time. That was he, his adult life, though. Yeah, but yeah. he could have. See, like, that's the made... thing. Like, all of this is speculation. There's absolutely no mention yeah. in like 
actual canon content. Yeah, but we yeah. could we could imagine he's over there making connections and he might have helped exactly. establish the sister school relationship. We can imagine it. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Dave. I'm sure there's probably like a really, really, really top tier school in the US within oh, for sure. the uh mm-hmm. uh the universe. So sure. it would be interesting to see if they they were like sister schools. Yeah. In okay. my head I'm gonna pretend it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. New new headcanon established. We need a spinoff. I I would like to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, we ha- we have once again just completely spun <laughs> off the rails. It's Where insane. the hell are we? We are on C. C. <laughs> for for the listeners, just so you know, we we have like a t- a general timeline of things we want to talk about for each episode. We don't always stick to it. So <laughs> yeah, none of that that I brought up was in there. Sorry, not yeah, sorry. Yeah, me, me, <laughs> also was not in there. So I think this is like at least for guidelines me, course, more the than ADHD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of pony until right this moment. But yeah, um, but yeah, back to the episode. So Ochako has saved Izuku. Um, she was already at her limit. So floating herself on a piece of equipment to reach Izuku. Um, and then floating him too causes her to vomit and her vomit sparkles, which makes the original comment from the preview in the previous episode, shiny stuff might come out of my mouth. That makes a little more sense now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, neither of those are actually in the manga, by the way. <laughs> um, I, this like weird, but very valid choice of making vertigo and weightlessness induced nausea all from like her quirk just essentially fucking up her inner ear and then somehow manifesting her anti-gravity abilities as pretty sparkles um (laughs) it just has many layers and i do actually enjoy thinking about those layers Mm, definitely so sparkling vomit the sparkling vomit i cannot (laughs) talk it's fine it's actually pretty common in anime it doesn't really matter the genre I feel like it's a more pleasant way uh, to bring it up in anime. Uh, they don't usually in manga, they'll like put like little words that says like uh, throw up or something like gurgling noises. But in anime, they they'll use like sparkles because okay. it's, it's kind of hard to put up words when someone is throwing up. Right. It's easier <laughs> for that format. Yeah. And and this isn't the only anime manga combo that I've seen. It happens quite often. And for some reason, blood is okay, but vomit isn't in... I don't know. It might just be a cultural thing. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. And then I realized that it's... We do real, something really similar here in the US. So like in movies or TV shows, people rarely vomit. And when they do, they don't actually show the vomit on screen. Typically, they'll just have like... You'll see like a shot of someone's knees next to a toilet with like retching sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very rarely do you see someone actually vomiting on screen. I would imagine that would be difficult to do in effects. But blood is shown constantly. Uh, <laughs> which makes me wonder if this is a thing in other places too, besides the US and Japan and the reasons behind that. So listeners, if anyone has any insight, please weigh in. Yes, please. Also, listeners who have watched and read all the way through the anime and manga, we do actually see at least three characters 
actually vomit and we actually sometimes see the vomit too. Really? And not just sparkly, but it's like actual vomit. But all these characters are male. So we have Uraraka, the like quintessential female main character, mm-hmm. puking sparkles, while we have a bunch of male characters actually vomiting. So interesting. I didn't yeah. notice that. Yeah, put a pin in that either. and then like we can talk about it more when it comes up again. Okay. Yeah. And it comes up like across multiple seasons. So once okay. you're once you're kind of tuned into it, you, you it can't be missed. Um, <laughs> you can't unsee it. No. And I don't know <laughs> if this is just a choice that was made based on Uraraka's specific work or if it's some weird manifestation of sexism in Shonen. I don't know. Um because be I've noticed yeah. uh, I've noticed that in most shonen also that uh, men will sparkle too when they're vomiting. Well, they're huh. show a rainbow. <laughs> what? Probably my favorite. They'll show I love like that. a stream of rainbow and just like people vomiting like a rainbow. It's adorable. I love it. That's hysterical. So sparkles or rainbow. Those are okay. the two main ones okay. they use. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Izuku is very thankful that Ochaka saved him, but also he starts, poor baby, he starts dragging himself along the ground with his one semi-okay hand in the hope of earning even a single point, but time is up. Yeah, like he, he's literally trying to crawl across the ground and defeat a villain robot as a triplegic, like, oh, sir, baby. just take a nap, it's okay. <laughs> No nap. Must do things. Izuku, probably. God, probably. <laughs> um, so yeah, Izuku passes out both from his injuries and his complete emotional devastation. Um, and everyone decides that this is a great time to gossip about him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, glad he checked on Uraraka before he passed out. He did. I think that's important. Yeah, yeah. So like, while he's just completely unconscious, uh, the <laughs> The extra teenagers, uh, yes, I am fully taking that from Katsuki. You can fight me. It's a great line. The extras are around him. They are being rude, but they do also recognize that he's got an extreme strength and reinforcement type quirk. And they yeah, wonder. They're very amazed. Yeah, they're very amazed. And they like they basically wonder where his matching confidence was which I guess is insightful, but also kind of simplistic when it comes to the quirk versus personality mm-hmm. um, theme that definitely runs through. But yeah, the extras are rude and insightful. <laughs> Interesting. So I immediately uh, cued Teenagers by MCR after reading Nicole's <laughs> notes. I was like, teenagers scared the living shit out of me. And I was just like, uh-uh. it fits in perfectly right now. It does. That's really funny. <laughs> imagine this whole imagine this whole show, but with like our middle school music playlists. Oh my god, it would be oh. great, especially Bakugo. Bakugo would be hella in it. Oh yeah, oh goodness. Also, I like how everyone has, given how everybody has treated him up until this point. I'm not really surprised that no one checked on him. Fair, fair. Yeah. They weren't being super nice to begin with. Exactly. So they're just like, oh, he's fine. He's just dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. 
the one exception is Ida, who's having like a crisis of conscience. He's all, I have misjudged thee. May God punish me for my sins. And I decided to love this child forever. Yeah, this is the moment when Wyatt adopted Ida. So <laughs> Wyatt was like, uh, must protect this child immediately. Nicole and I, oh, so this is the first child you chose. Huh, that's surprising. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, like, if you have religious trauma, Ida is a great character to project onto. And we do. <laughs> we do. The entire <laughs> fandom does. It's great. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But basically, in this moment, what is actually happening, aside from the religious trauma moment, <laughs> um, Ida, Ida is just recognizing everything that Izuku did in saving Uraraka. And he's basically realizing that Izuku acted in the only honorable way. And that if this hadn't been an exam, if this was an actual disaster, Ida essentially would have been acting very selfishly and very cowardly. Mm -hmm. So he feels that just like punch of guilt and shame, like all at once. And he's just rocked that this pathetic little unconfident kid had this facet of personality that he is now realizing he didn't have. And then for sure. Yeah. And like in the next moment he realizes, Oh, the judges knew this was going to happen. They were expecting something like this, and there are other parameters. This kid must be a genius. Yeah, Ida yeah, has an I interesting like, flash of insight. Yeah. Yeah, I like how Ida is at the same time, like, super impressed with Izuku, and then it's like, shit, he didn't even consider what might have happened in the real world. Mm-hmm. It's like that uh, TikTok, the oh no, oh no, oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. Yep, exactly, exactly. Um, also, like like around this frame, we do get a shot of Katsuki, like in his little arena, and he just had an amazing time doing oh, his yeah. amazing combat. Um, and that frame where he's like wiping his mouth or whatever, just like exponentially increased my love for my asshole son. <laughs> <laughs> he's just high on adrenaline and power. It's fine. Yeah. And Look, I love him for it. All of this child's problems would be solved if people just like gave him like a smash room, you know? Yes. Like if he's exactly. feeling upset, he just goes to his little room and then he breaks a couple plates and then he comes out and he's like, okay, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> just let him break things. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So suddenly the world's tiniest grandma shows up and she starts <laughs> handing out candy to all of the applicants. Her thing is she can instantly heal people with a kiss. So she's able to revive both Izuku and Ochako. Um, at this point, Aoyama provides a little more exposition. She is the UA school nurse recovery girl, and she is one of several deus ex machinas in this universe. I think in this specific scene, the assumption the watcher is supposed to make is that recovery girl can heal anyone who gets hurt in the exam. And so that's why there's no like serious death or injury rate. Again, anime magic. So she does realize right off that Izuku is not used to his own quirk. So she's she's like already putting together that he is connected to something else going on. Like this is not a natural quirk. And you only kind of notice that on a rewatch. But I do appreciate how smart she is because she's not like in the inner council of one for all. She is very smart, very experienced. Yep. Uh, Horikoshi also, I do want to mention, he does put limits on his deus ex machinas. Uh, Recovery Girl's no exception. She isn't there just to heal Izuku anytime, anyplace. 
We will get to that later on in season two. Lani Zuku once again requires extensive healing and gets one of several pretty stern talking twos. <laughs> yeah. I.e. Maria has another science rant about resistance and how it affects not only the UA universe, but real life too. People, finish your antibiotics, please. Yes. <laughs> Do it, please. Finish your medication regimens. Even exactly. if you're feeling better, finish Do it. your antibacterials. Also, I'm pretty sure recovery... Recovery Girl also has like extensive medical training. So mm. I'm not surprised that she picked up on Izuku's affliction. So, and then we also have more Ida revelations. Yeah. His, his, his shame moment is just continuing. Yeah. It's a giant spiral. Yep. Yep. Poor baby. I mean, we all spiral sometimes. It's fine. <laughs> Very these true. children, these children spiral a lot. Um, but cutscene to Izuku back home eating dinner with his mom. It's a week later. Poor child. He's still utterly devastated, convinced he didn't manage to pass the exam. Um, also, All Might has been re- unreachable lately, so that's not a good sign. Mm-mm. Yeah, the blank look of nothingness is how mm. I feel after a long day of at work. Or uh, <laughs> once I finish a sh- show that finish- ruins all my hopes and dreams, and I have to think to myself, what now? <laughs> I'm looking at you, Madoka Magica and Full Metal Alchemist Brother. Those <laughs> two ruined me. They I have a feeling me. this one's going to ruin you too. Oh, yeah. Oh, We're no, all trust be me. fucking devastated. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to be devastated, but nowhere near the level of Madoka Magica. That's one of your big like, ones. Oh, yeah, no. I literally shut myself off to the world for like a week solid after oh. that because I could not comprehend could not comprehend what i watched and i couldn't stop watching it and i was just like i should have dropped this from the first episode but i couldn't and then it just struck me it's fine it's a great anime 10 out of 10 but (laughs) 10 out of 10 will ruin your life (laughs) um most animes i can rewatch again this one nope i tried one time i got through like half the first episode i was like nah oh it was too much yes it's fine yeah it's not fine but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the episode uh poor inko she's trying her best to behave normally for izuku's sake i do think it is interesting that even in the midst of his devastation izuku doesn't allow himself to regret destroying the robot in order to help ochako and he's like he's pretty firm in his idea that it was the right thing to do and i agree yeah, yeah. Basically, right now he's scared that he disappointed All Might, and that's yes. why he hasn't been reachable. Like he thinks All Might is ignoring his texts. Yeah, it is bad at him. I do love that he is still actually working out in that moment to try to be a good hero eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, like with his little um, I don't even know what it's called, the little squeezy like the hand thing. grip thing. Yeah, yeah, hand grip thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see good hero Um, eventually yeah i'm sorry i just completely lost my train of thought um you're good (laughs) like right now i like in the episode i was wondering how all might really should have already had some lessons in being a good sensei leading up to this and one of those lessons would have been don't drop off the map (laughs) yeah don't ghost your kid (laughs) um especially Because we know after having watched all of the arcs, we know that he was at this point actively on the lookout for a student to take on the mantle of one for all. Mm -hmm. So he should know 
not to like go radio silent, um, but we do still love this clueless man, despite the fact that his errors are having wide reaching effects, and not just with Izuku, but like with all of society. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, just on a personal note, I have somehow ended up on All Might Slander TikTok. What? Um, yeah. It's, Girl, it's, we got to get you off that. I, I Please, please <laughs> do something because I hate them. Because, oh, I will. <laughs> because one, I love All Might. He's wonderful. But also two, they are all correct. <laughs> well, we're gonna ignore the correctness, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get you back on Happy TikTok. Don't worry oh about it. God. Like I'll send yes. you all the videos. Please, yes, get me away from the perfectly <laughs> like encapsulated commentaries on society that are causing great cognitive dissonance <laughs> in my goofball love. I, please get me off of this side of TikTok. <laughs> I will. I will. On that note, I don't like the thing Discord does now where like after the little blue TikTok link, it has like that little preview window. I don't yeah. like that because before if I sent you 15 TikToks in a row, it looked a little excessive, but it wasn't taking up the entire screen. Now, if I do that again, <laughs> it looks as excessive as it is and I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> Uh, I kind of like it because like then I can realize oh have has someone sent this TikTok okay no good we're good to go let's send it <laughs> get out of here with your facts, facts. <laughs> look I'm all about facts <laughs> unless it comes to facts about my life then we ignore them true mood mood oh my god <laughs> Um, this is why I'm good at giving advice, just not taking it, <laughs> calling myself out. Ooh. But anywho, um, so now we know who we, uh, who Izuku gets all of his expressive faces from. I, I do understand him being scared of disappointing All Might. I mean, his hero did choose him, so it's a lot of pressure for a kid, especially yeah. one who didn't have any uh, powers to begin with. And now that he knows that he didn't receive any points, and now... That's devastating. Yeah. I lost my point there for a little bit. Give me a second. You're okay. Uh, Okay. Uh, My brain just went like, what are words? I don't know. (laughs) I'm sorry. I think I might have passed that through the Zoom call. My bad. (laughs) It's okay. Uh This is what I've editing noticed, is for. <laughs> yeah, no, I've noticed that like ADHD is actually very like if you have two ADHD people, they will start to mimic each other. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah social mirroring. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, where was I? Uh, but I also do like how he was still working out. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it is more of like a mindless task for him at this point. I mean, he has been constantly doing it for months. So it might just be like a comfort mechanism for him because I know I'll like fair. the thing I've been doing lately is playing with my pop socket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's okay. kind of become like my comfort mechanism. Like I'll, I'll like be doing something else and still be playing with the pop socket. Like I'll pop it up and slam it. One of my friends was just like, why are you doing that? And I was like, it's just ADHD <laughs> things. Yeah, that's your So fidget. he's like relying on routine. Yes. It's his fidget. Yes. <laughs> I wish my fidget was that productive. Right. right. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a good point. It could be both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back to the episode again. 
Um, so Izuku's results finally come! Inko is like so overwhelmed that she's like crawling on the ground, like, baby, darling, my beloved, let me extend my hand and bring you back up. You kneel to no one. I, I do love that she is just as stressed out as her son is. She is yes. a very good mom. She is. Yeah. Well, stress runs in the family, I guess, <laughs> as people face is. <laughs> also, also, Izuku's name plaque on his door. It's All Might's fucking like hair thingies. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I <obsession>. hate session. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, love I hate the obsession. hair thingies. But I really, really love all the jokes about it. So, how can you hate his hair? It is ridiculous and wonderful. Yeah, it's so great. (laughs) I, I just don't like it. Fine, you can be wrong. I do love the name plaque, though. The name plaque is like all the jokes they make about his little hair things with like all the merch and stuff. I think that part is great. I love that. It's great world building. So yeah, Izuku takes his letter that has his results um, goes to his room, closes the door so the envelope, instead of having a letter, has this device that displays a projection and on the projection, All Might appears and he does this fake out like, you failed thing and his, I don't know why he would do that like, your child is clearly, like, this child clearly has anxiety, maybe not the best time for a joke like that Yeah. Um. but, you know whatever and then there's like some footage that reveals that Ochako hunted down present Mike after the exam and asked for Izuku to be given some of her points because mm-hmm. she is so sweet and I love her. Yeah, she's a very good girl. Um, I do want to say that to Izuku directly, but that is not how you open an envelope with important papers in it, sir. <laughs> um also, All Might has a line in the dub, and it's with great power comes a great amount of paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, your Spider-Man satire. It's beautiful. I love it. Um, he is just an adorable celebrity. He is too cute. See, All Might just loves being dramatic. It's the Gemini in him. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> Also, I love how there's that hand in the corner just, like, trying to rush him, and he's just, like, taking his sweet time. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to make, like, eight different jokes first. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. It's the dad in him. Yeah. He's so dumb, but I love him so much. Oh. Uh, and also, Ochako, you sweet bean. That was such a kind gesture. Yeah. Yeah. And also, present Mike is also so sweet in that moment. Mm. Like, despite his very performative DJ dialogue, he's he's really like happy that Ochako is willing to do this and he's like wanting to put her at ease. He's so sweet. Mm. Yeah. Ochako's the sweetest. She's so, I love her so much. She's so adorable. And like, she just wants to help poor, our mm. other poor little bean. Yeah. Exactly. The similarities between the two of them are already already coming out. I did notice, and this kind of confused me the first time I watched it, is that um she's trying to describe Izuku because she doesn't really know his name, and she calls him plain looking, which really confused me because in my head he's like this adorable cherubic angel child. But Maria kind of so in the US, if someone says like someone's plain looking, it's kind of an insult and you're kind of insinuating that they're ugly. But Maria kind of explained that that's more of a translation error and that in this context, plain looking means something very different. So Maria, take it away. So, uh, 
So Deku, in main character terms, um, is plain looking. Uh, I'm not saying he's not adorable or anything, because he is. I love my child. But it's just that our Broccoli Boy lacks the stereotypical like main character look. Mm. So many shonen have uh, uh, MCs have like something that makes them look like the MC. So Goku with his muscles and Dragon Ball Z, or uh, Nagisa in Assassin- Assassination Classroom, which is also a really good anime, by the way. He looks more feminine. He's like small and cute and adorable. Okay. Um, or there is Satima from One Punch Man. He's actually a little weird because he first started looking like a normal human being, and then he just lost all his his hair and became completely muscular because of stress. God, <laughs> <laughs> I wish that happened to me. Not the bald part, but like the muscular part. Can I just like stress my way into being jacked as fuck? <laughs> right. That would be great. Um, you know what? Honestly, I'd give up my hair for that. I would give up my hair for that. Even yeah, trade. He, yeah, uh, Satima did. But um, <laughs> that's besides, <laughs> besides the point. Um, so yeah, they're all either extremely handsome, extremely like pretty, like more feminine, or they're also extremely average. And I don't think that's what our boy is. He's more of like a stereotypical um semi-important npc or like secondary character where the only really the only real thing that sticks out is like the greenish hair okay um so uh it's not necessarily that he we all know he's the main character but he doesn't have that main character look um he kind of looks like um if you were to pick like bakugo or my other son that's coming up real soon <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they have more of the stereotypical like mc uh got looks. it okay that's okay, very yeah. interesting yeah um i do want to just point out that in the dub ochako's line is he doesn't really stand out or anything and izuku oh see yeah. that makes much more sense yeah right and then but also izuku just immediately recognizes himself <laughs> from that line <laughs> he just has no self-confidence at all at this point he Poor needs baby. to work on that she Poor mentions both green hair and freckles but he doesn't notice himself until she calls him like plain looking or says he doesn't stand out sir well yeah but in the dub um he has messy hair according to her it's not green it's messy interesting yeah i don't think they ever mentioned he has green hair in oh, well maybe world. i'm misremembering the I mean, all the fan and calls him Broccoli Boy. So it's just yeah. in our heads. I just, love, I just love Broccoli Boy. It's fine. Yeah. Well, when we get boy. to the um, the color theory bonus episode, a lot of that information will tie in pretty neatly to what you said here. So that's really interesting. Nice. So continuing on with the episode, All Might reveals that A, Izuku's actions are already inspiring others, and B, there were other point systems in place during the exam, and that ooh, ah. Izuku earned a shitload of what they call rescue points. Um, So even though he didn't earn a whole lot of combat points, which would be earned like taking down the robots, uh, his efforts to save Ochako earned him rescue points. Another significant line is, how can a hero course reject people who save others and do the right thing? So, like, fortunately for everyone, there were other factors in the exam. Um, I do wonder... If this like deceptive practice <laughs> was 
like built by or added onto by Aizawa and his just obsession with quote unquote rational deceptions. Uh, we will get to it very soon because <laughs> he's coming up. Also, in the dub, All Might literally says, You have a quirk now. And like, who knows how many other people are in that studio <laughs> or see the recording or hear it? Like, sir, these are state secrets. How are you so bad at this? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. How he that tracks. To- to keep uh, his secrets for so long i don't know um but i do have to say like when you think about it of course there would be other factors to that stress students out Mm -hmm. but i don't Mm -hmm. think anyone really even considered it um because they're stressed they already have this so they just kind of hyper focus on one thing yeah um also this might also be have been the first time where someone did something like this that had zero points um so it probably had never actually been mentioned to other people Mm -hmm. uh, because most people would go after like would not pass or they would go just straight for they would probably run away from the big old uh crazy monsters and not get any points or they would probably like um get a few points but nothing really to stand out yeah so So people who haven't earned any points in the past probably haven't stood out in any other way exactly whereas zuku yeah he didn't have any points and then but he still like went head first and to protect someone else yeah so that's why he was able to like get all of those points and why it's much more obvious that there are more factors that go into it than just you know taking down all combat the points monsters. yeah yeah um so both Izuku and Ochako pass. They're both going to UA. Like, yes, we knew this would happen, but oh my God, we're still excited. We're totally caught up in this moment. And I love that Horikoshi was like, Ochako's super awesome. Everyone's going to be like emotionally attached to her already. So I'm going to need to let them know super early on that yes, she will be there and we will see more of her. Thank you for that, Horikoshi. Yep, yep. He's just pointing out that Uraraka is a great rescue hero from the very start. It's a Absolutely. really good like character start for her i do want to point out um from a fan theory perspective watchers should note uraraka's middle school outfit uh we're going to talk about it at the bottom of the episode so just kind of keep that in the back of your mind um do yep also all might has a line i think it's in the dub um he's essentially saying we are training those who would risk their lives for the greater good at ua but maybe we should uh, stop risking children's lives. <laughs> you tell him, Nicole. I mean, but then we'd have to throw out the entire show concept. I guess <laughs> we can still be mad, but understand the concept. <laughs> um, and then, like the next line for Izuku is that it took a lot of help to get into UA, but also like everything does. Everything that is a big goal requires help. And it's okay to get that help, honey. Yeah. Also, I feel like AM is much more concerned with letting Azuku know that uh, Achako got into UA because we all know how much this boy stresses. And I'm sure he fi- AM figured it was out. It was probably better to tell this boy off the bat so he doesn't lose his goddamn mind. 
<laughs> yeah, I definitely feel like he would be very concerned with Ochako's situation as well as his own, because that's the kind of guy he is. Because mm-hmm. he's a and, good bean. Yes, he's such a good bean. And of course, Izuku is crying. I am also crying. Everyone is crying. Oh my god, I'm so happy. Lots of crying all the time. Uh, but he's so happy and in shock, and Boy has really been going through it. And it's only been the first four episodes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Oh, God. This moment of victory is just so sweet. And then the camera pans out outside of his apartment complex. We get this beautiful shot of the moon, then end credits. Um, but the episode continues with the first post credit scene. Uh, we see Inko pacing back and forth in front of Izuku's bedroom door. And then Izuku comes out and he gives her the world's most adorable smile. And then she starts crying too. And then there's a shot of her food plan that she set up for him on the door because this is her baby. And he wanted this so bad and she wanted to help. And he worked so hard and she worked so hard to support him. And at that point, I just started key smashing because I got really emotional. (laughs) (laughs) As you should be. Because like this Izuku smiling frame, it's the frame and gif seen around the world. He is just the perfect little smiley boy. Mm -hmm. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Izuku's smile blush could save worlds. He could save everything. Indeed, indeed. It's like medicine to our poor shriveled hearts. Um, And then we get the previews. There's going to be a quirk assessment test on the first day of class. Uh, We get shots of all of Izuku's new classmates. Oh god, Izuku might still get expelled. All of Aizawa's teaser shots are um, not flattering. (laughs) But brace yourselves for a whole lot of simping in our next episode anyway. Yeah, yeah, because my husband is finally coming. He is finally here. (laughs) We are going to talk about it. Correction, our husband. He's my husband's husband, so he's kind of like my husband by proxy. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so aside from Aizawa, I guess we do have to mention the other things that are going on. (laughs) In the previews, we see a shot of Ida and Bakugo interacting for the first time and it's hilarious and it's wonderful uh we also get sue's first shot and this is a sue you love podcast if you Mm -hmm. don't like sue you first of all what's wrong with you second of all get out but leave us five stars on your way out yeah Um, if you don't like any of the female characters just leave yeah just get exactly (laughs) take yourself out with the trash (laughs) um we do see some of the other classmates but not the full class and at the very end, All Might has a really gross line in the dub. Like, what are you doing with your index finger, sir? Oh. <laughs> Why does that sound so dirty? That's so gross. <laughs> I didn't I did not want that to be the ending moment of this otherwise great episode, but I guess it's a shonen. It's gotta be gross sometimes. Yeah. Knowing all my like not that. understand the subtext. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. So clueless. Oh, he's so clueless, but I love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Shonen be like that. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fine, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've reached the end of the episode. Uh, so we're going to just dive into the manga differences first, really quick. Again, there's the translation and dialogue differences, uh, which we've already dived into. In the manga, like in the viewing room with the other judges, we do actually see 13. And he wasn't actually in the anime. And Wyatt is going to give us a little insight into 13's pronoun 
situation. Hey y'all, this bit right here is re-recorded because we realized a few weeks after first recording this episode that we made an error. At first we thought that 13's gender identity and pronouns hadn't been officially confirmed, so we were using flex pronouns and switching between he, him, and she, her, since both have been used in the manga. But we've since learned that an Ultra Archive Guidebook was released in Japan back in 2019, which confirms that 13 identifies as a woman. This guidebook hasn't been released in the US yet, so we're not sure if her pronouns were confirmed as well, but her wiki defaults to she, her, so we'll be doing the same thing for the time being. Okay, back to the episode. All right, so after 13, we do get a shot of another 1B student uh, who could be Honanuki. They were in the crowd running away from the Zero Point Monster, but they weren't in the anime. Hmm. Um, also, we get a shot of Vlad King, who is also in the judge panel. They eliminated him from the anime, too. And at the very end of chapter three, we get a look at Bakugo's street clothes <laughs> and also his original form, where Horikoshi had originally planned him to be a very smiley boy. And I hate it. It's cursed. It's so cursed. It's so Burn bad. It. <laughs> anyway, on to chapter four. Now, in this, like on one of the very first panels, arguably, we actually see one of our favorite characters, Kirishima, in the crowd with his original hair. We will get to it in season yes. four in the Shihisaikai arc. Yes. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love him lo- so much. We love Kirishima and his original hair and his current <laughs> hair. Um, also, in that same panel, it could be argued that we see Tokoyami. It's honestly hard to tell because it's kind of a low-quality sketch, but we can pretend. Also, while he's giving him his um, exam results, All Might basically says the same thing about him acquiring his quirk and how he can now work with it. <laughs> like, sir, your secrets. You have to wonder if the world building just wasn't fully there yet or if this was a mistake. The world may never know. Sacrifice and- everything for the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we're yeah. gonna throw the universe's rules out of the window so that i can crack a bunch of jokes <laughs> <laughs> all right and then the last difference is that post-credit scene where izuko is smiling and inko is crying um these weren't actually in the manga so it's a very lovely addition that just elevates their mother-son relationship yeah um so i'd like to add something to this so um a lot of animes will actually ask the uh, author to weigh in on every aspect of the um, anime. Okay. So I'm pretty. So that's probably why that scene was in there because um, uh, Horikoshi probably was like, "Oh, this will fit great in here." So everything gets uh, a lot of things get final approval from the author themselves. Okay, that's good. That's yeah, that's definitely a departure from the Western. Oh yeah, uh, production oh, yeah. where. A lot of authors are completely ignored when the adaptation happens. So that's good. I like that. Yeah. Definitely. Well, it's a lot more common now. Some of the older anime, uh, there's a lot of drama with that, but we won't oh. get into it. Oh. <laughs> Maybe that'll okay. be a bonus episode because there is a lot of drama in the anime world about that. Ooh. That would be a fun bonus. Yeah. I'll have to think about the placement for that. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. And now finally, we have our Easter egg and fandom theory red string roundup. 
Honestly, there were not that many in this episode that were obvious. There's just kind of like a few things to point out that contribute to some running theories. Um, the first one uh, that we complained about earlier is that All Might <laughs> isn't one for detailed explanations of what could go right or wrong with the one for all quirk. Um, this does often result in Izuku injuring himself. But after the war arc, which has not been animated yet, uh, we actually get more information on why this might be the case. So even though I personally hate the fact that All Might <laughs> doesn't give detailed explanations, there is a reason for it, and I guess I will accept it for now. Don't we also <laughs> get like a tiny bit of insight when Izuku is first training with uh, Gran Torino? I think so. Yeah, there's probably some insight there. Yeah, because that would make sense considering how one for all got passed from the previous holder to All Might. So yeah, we'll probably get some there too. All right. So the next part is Aoyama. Um, I kind of mentioned it before. Basically, his interaction with Izuku in this episode and his general prevalence in these like early episodes doesn't actually continue. He kind of fades into the background until seasons three and four, as well as with a couple like very minor scenes at the end of season one. This whole like shifting dynamic up and down with him has contributed to him being a fan favorite possibility for the identity of the UA traitor, um, which becomes a very big subplot at the end of season one. So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Keep in mind how Aoyama is interacting with everybody. At this point, like as of September-ish 2021, we still do not know the UA Trader's identity, like not even in the manga. So it's still all up in the air. You can still be suspicious of him if you want, even though he is also our son and we find it very rude. <laughs> all right. And finally, this is a very small one, but fans have pointed out that Uraraka's middle school outfit is very similar to the outfit worn by a villain we'll meet in a couple seasons. And her name is Himiko Toga. Uh, this will come into play as the two characters become intertwined. Um, <clears throat> shippable. <laughs> <laughs> so just remember Uraraka's middle school outfit when we get to Toga. Yes, I can't wait. I love her too. I'm excited. All right, that's all I have. I think that's it for me too. What about you, Maria? I'm good. I was just, I need to catch up on the last couple of episodes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have watched the most recent episode, um, so I'm all caught up. Wyatt, <laughs> Wyatt is mostly caught up. They have not watched the episode that came out this morning, and I am very much looking forward to their um, crying in my DMs. I I know it's not going to be a good one, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait till after. I'm just yeah. going to wait till after. We didn't want to yeah. ruin the mood. Exactly. No, I'm just like. <laughs> I hate waiting, so what I'll end up doing is wait for a really, really long time, and then I'll watch it. It happens with pretty much every anime. I mean, you get all your waiting over with in one, like, giant block, and then you just binge. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> You're and a binger. I get angry. Yeah. I get angry if I have to wait, and I don't mind having <laughs> spoilers, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, Maria's the only one who does not mind spoilers, which was interesting while me and Wyatt were catching up. Because we didn't want to be spoiled on anything. So Maria was in the background like, why are you screaming? <laughs> I usually don't mind spoilers, but I've I've really enjoyed the tension with this <laughs> particular 
story. So Okay. Well, I will say I hate spoilers, all of them, all the time. <laughs> Don't tell me anything about any show I'm currently watching. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm the complete opposite. I really don't care because I'll still have the same emotions regardless. Yeah. See, that's usually my, that's usually my, my, the way I look at it, but yeah, and I, I don't know. Yeah. This one's different. Yeah, I come from it more, less from an emotional standpoint as like a, the plot playing out. So yeah. like if there's a twist or like a new element that's added and I was spoiled for it, it like takes the whole scene away from me so interesting oh, no, i might I'll... just be weird it's okay no, no i think I that's pretty actively, common i actively will read like wikipedia's no and, like, <laughs> yeah, no I'm, I, I have no shame honestly there are times I... when i enjoy being spoiled because then i get to pay more attention to like how whatever was spoiled is being set up and i typically yeah. Like I, d- I definitely tend to get greater satisfaction from like rewatches. Um, and that's mm-hmm. definitely been the case with this show. Yeah. Just because uh, yeah. there's so much going on that like the first time I watch something, I'm so overstimulated. I just, my brain is just screaming the whole time. And like the mm-hmm. second or third time that I watch something, my brain has calmed down. I can finally notice things. Yeah. Oh, mine's just the opposite. I need to be overstimulated all the time. So... <laughs> I think that's the ADHD talking. Probably. Probably. <laughs> no, I literally need to like have um I sometimes will have the Wikipedia open uh in the background and I'll be watching a TV show and I'll be doing something else and I'll be listening to music. It's a lot. I need to oh be gosh. overstimulated all the time. <laughs> it's a problem, I know, but it's fine. <laughs> You know what? Do what works for your brain. Exactly. We're not going to judge. We just, it sounds tiring to me, honestly, but you do you, babe. Yes. I'm the exact opposite. I get overstimulated very easily and then everything shuts down. So yeah, Yeah, I think that's why I have, I'm such a busy bee. You and Evie need to talk. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be interesting to see how much of this makes it into the actual recording. I think a lot of this little bit was good, but I'll go ahead and do the closing. I'm definitely going to include at least some of it, but yeah, oh, go yeah, ahead. Definitely. <clears throat> All right. This has been my hero analysis. You'll hear us next week. And in the meantime, go beyond plus ultra and thirst responsibly. Bye y'all. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with us, have questions you'd like us to discuss on air, give topic suggestions for bonus episodes or submit fan art for us to display visit our website at myheroanalysis.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Just search for at myheroanalysis. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review.